Hello and welcome to Destiny Church Edinburgh and to our online pl platform. I'm delighted that you're here. Thank you for giving us your time. And my name is Paul Graham and I give you a really warm welcome today as you join us. We're starting a new series today, an exciting series based in Matthew's Gospel, and we are going to unpack resurrection life. We're asking the question, if Jesus is alive, and he most certainly is, then what does that mean for you and for I? In 2011, the Scottish National Gallery of Modern Art purchased this piece by the Scottish artist Nathan Coley. It was a six-metre-high scaffolding with the illuminated sign, there will be no miracles here. Now, that is quite a statement. My question is, by whose decree? By whose authority? Because if God is a miracle worker, and he most certainly is, then you need greater authority than God to say there will be no miracles. But look at the picture just for another minute. Look at the irony in the picture. Nathan Coley, with all his artistic and creative skill, is only alive because God gives him life. That is a miracle. Look at the picture again. The, the scaffolding is surrounded by massive trees. How does a 30-meter tree raise sap up into its highest branches where buds burst into life. You might use the word, it's capillary something. I say, that is a miracle. John Piper says, I think when I stand at the judgment day and all the nations are gathered and I am standing there before the living God, and God looks out over all the atheists who didn't believe God made the trees, they are going to look ridiculous. Matthew's gospel, resurrection life. Matthew is showing in his gospel that Jesus is the Messiah, the King, and that because Jesus is here, the kingdom of heaven is here. Matthew is saying time and time again, God's new order of things has broken into our human mess, where there has been sin, illness, and death. Where they have intruded, Jesus says, there will be miracles here. And that is why today I believe there will be miracles for you and for I. Let's just pray. Father God, we open your living word. You have inspired it. You have breathed into it. And as we look at this incredible chapter and Jesus encountering people and bringing the kingdom of God into their lives and bringing healing, I pray that your spirit will bring the risen Jesus into each one of our lives and that there will be miracles here today. We pray in the name of Jesus for his glory. Amen. Matthew chapter 8 it's a fascinating chapter. We're going to take some of the verses and we will find that Jesus encounters three very, very different people. And yet, miracles happen. We're going to be finding out about the outcast, a leper. We'll find out about the enemy, a Roman centurion. And lastly, the woman 
Peter's mother-in-law. Let me read to you now from Matthew chapter 8. The outcast. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Let's look at the next character, the enemy. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the words and my servant will be healed. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And then we have the woman. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. Then Matthew says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He, Jesus, took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. Matthew is saying that miracles are always related to and flow from the cross of Jesus. I have two things I want to share with you today. First of all, miracles of grace and of compassion. Matthew is showing us the life of Jesus, and it's a life full of miracles. Possibly Matthew has the highest recorded number of miracles. Why? To show us that Jesus is powerful? Yes. But listen, what good is power if there is no grace or no compassion? History, unfortunately, is full of powerful rulers who showed no grace and had no compassion. Jesus is powerful, but he is full of grace and of compassion. Grace. You and I get what we do not deserve. Compassion. He feels deeply within himself for our sin and for our suffering. What gets Jesus out of bed in the morning, you might ask? He sees our sin. He sees our suffering and he runs to us, not from us. I often in my own life as a follower of Jesus, I feel that somehow Jesus is slightly disappointed. I think of a little boy finding in his hand a slug and going, oh. Sometimes I think that's how God feels about me. Jesus runs to me out of grace and compassion. 
And perhaps today, the first miracle you need is to know that he cares for you. Matt Chandler is an amazing church leader in the United States. In 2009, he was diagnosed with a very serious brain tumor. He writes how he found himself in the midst of a course of chemotherapy, one night lying on the bathroom floor in his home, crying out to God, exhausted and weary. And Matt says this, in that moment, in the darkest hour of my life, the God of creation bent down and kissed my forehead. I felt seen and I felt loved. I pray that you, whatever your circumstances, will feel seen and loved. Jesus brings the miracle of grace and compassion. The outcast, the enemy, and the woman. Each one needs a healing touch from Jesus. No one deserves it. Neither do I. Neither do you. We deserve God's wrath. And yet we get the miracle of Jesus' grace and his compassion. My mind went to another amazing story from the same gospel in Matthew chapter 20. It talks about two blind men. This is what it says. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus had compassion. Underline that phrase. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and they followed him. When Matthew talks about compassion, he's using a very, very strong word. It means that Jesus feels in the bowels of his stomach, deeply within intense emotion. He is moved by what you're going through. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus so intimately feels the pain of each one, the outcast, the enemy, and the woman. Each one is struggling, but Jesus brings grace and compassion. Let me just bring this into land, as it were, as we apply it to our own lives. I want to tell you on the authority of Scripture this morning that you are not beyond the miracle of grace and compassion. You may feel like an outcast because of your lifestyle, because of the company you keep. Jesus brings you grace and compassion. You may be joining today and you feel like an enemy, agnostic, atheist. You've opposed Christianity. You've opposed Jesus. Jesus died for you. And he brings you grace and compassion. Maybe you identify with the woman. You identify because of your gender. You feel like that woman. You're marginalized. Perhaps simply today, you're gender confused. So whether you are an outcast, 
the enemy or the woman, God's grace and compassion comes to you. Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Grace and compassion, the miracle that Jesus brings. For those of us who follow Jesus, I think this story is also saying to us that we need to open the doors of our heart and of our church and say all are welcome, be they outcast, be they the enemy, be they those who are marginalized. The gospel of Jesus does not need me to stand like a bouncer at the heavenly banquet saying, no, you can't come in. The doors are open. Come and eat. Come and find your place at the table. May none of us who follow Jesus ever keep people at a distance. Let's open the doors and say, all are welcome. So this first aspect of the miraculous, the miracle of grace and of compassion. And secondly, the miracles of healing. As we look at Matthew chapter 8, we find different illnesses. There's leprosy. There's a servant with severe paralysis. And there's a woman suffering from a high fever. It's a serious condition. All of these conditions are serious and nobody sees a human solution. But there's also a different approach by Jesus and by these three people. Jesus touches the leper. He speaks a word for the centurion's servant. And he touches Peter's mother-in-law. Those who are ill respond differently. One cries out for a desperate, in a desperate appeal, Lord, if you're willing. The centurion shows amazing faith. And the woman is quite simply the recipient of grace. I want to share something personal with you that I've been on this journey for the last number of weeks in particular, and it's really struck me and helped me. I was reading through the Gospels, reading through the Gospel of Luke, and I was impressed by the number of miracles that Jesus performed. And at the same time as reading Luke, I'm reading the book of Acts. At the beginning of the book of Acts, which is written by Luke, who also wrote the Gospel, Luke says, I wrote to you in his first book, that is the Gospel, about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Notice what Luke is saying. What Jesus began to do and teach, he did in a body in the Gospels. The implication is that Jesus will continue to do the same and to teach the same in a body, not a human body, but in a body called the church. 
And in Acts, the church is a community full of miraculous works because they are continuing by the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus had begun to do. And you might say, well, it's fine for the Gospels, it's fine for the book of Acts, but is that true for us today? Even a very brief look at church history shows that God works the miraculous in many ways through all the ages. Miracles did not suddenly finish at the, book, at the end of the book of Acts. Neither did they suddenly come back into vogue in 1906 at Azusa Street Revival in the United States. God has been constantly the God of the miraculous in and through his people. Let me give you one example that I find really encouraging. St. Augustine, he lived in the 4th, 5th century. He was a serious man of God. He was no mystic. And yet he writes that he witnessed extraordinary ranges of healings from blindness to breast cancer to gout to hernia to demon possession. St. Augustine, it struck me, does not say, I healed a blind man. He said, I witnessed it. What's he saying? He's saying the believers in church were seeing the miraculous. Please understand God is not saying that the healing that he wants to bring has to be through leaders. It is through his people, depending on the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. You, as a Jesus follower, can bring healing in Jesus' name to people's lives. Very simply, I want to just give a, a brief overview of what the Bible says about healing. Healings in the Bible, we get no blessing apart from the cross of Jesus. Matthew says, he on the cross bore our disease. The Bible shows that forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins is permanent. Healing is not. Lazarus, raised to life from the dead, will eventually die again. Forgiveness is permanent. Healing is not. God wants us, according to the Bible, to always pray for healing with expectation. Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The Bible says, trust that God is good all the time. Daniel chapter 3, we find Daniel and his friends, because of their trust and faith in God, thrown into the blazing furnace. And listen to what they say before they're thrown in. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. God is able to do the miraculous. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, king, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold 
that you have set up. God is good in the miraculous. God is good when, for whatever reason, he does not intervene the way that we want him to. The Bible shows me that ultimate victory is signed, sealed, and delivered. Even if I struggle at times, even if I lose some of the battles along the way, my God will always win. The Bible says that we should not stop praying for healing for ourselves or for others. I love this beautiful quote from Heidi Baker. She says in her life and ministry, we pray for the blind and many are healed. Those who aren't, we care for. Do not stop praying for healing for yourself or for others. And the Bible says, as in all aspects of life, God must get the glory. There will be miracles here because Jesus is alive. And he has not changed. Miracles of grace and compassion and miracles today of healing. As I finish, I want to apply this to our lives. I want you today to pray for your own healing. Perhaps like the leper, Lord, if you are willing, you can. And call out to God. As you're joining us online, you maybe need to hit that prayer button and ask somebody to pray with you. If you're joining us on another platform, please email us at contact@destinyedinburgh.com. Please let us know what you're praying for in terms of healing, and we will stand with you. In this crazy and challenging season, people need healing in their body, in their minds, in their spirit, physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, and spiritual renewal. Ask God for healing. Secondly, pray for the healing of other people. As a Jesus follower, I need to be still, listen to what God is saying, and then, having heard from God, bring a word to one of my friends in church. We need to step out with courage, having heard a prophetic word, and bringing that word and say, listen, I think God is saying this to you today for your healing. And then let that person test what you bring to them and you stand with them. May we as a church operate in the prophetic, bringing words that will result in healing. And pray that we, increasingly as a church in Edinburgh, we will become more and more a miraculous community of the supernatural, where miracles happen. Here, yes, in church or online, but out there, wherever you go, you take the Holy Spirit. And as I finish, some of you today, you need to pray for the greatest miracle, salvation. You've joined us today. 
you've been on a journey, you've been asking questions, perhaps you've just joined us for the first time, I don't know. The Jesus of Matthew 8 is a God of compassion and grace. He longs that you are saved. He longs that your sins are forgiven. He died on a cross for you. He wants you to connect with him today. And as I finish, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer this morning. And if you are in your own life aware that you're not yet connected with God, you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus, then please take these words and you make them your prayer from your heart. Pray this. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place so I can be forgiven and have eternal life. I believe you rose from the dead. Confess, I am a sinner. With your help, I turn away from my sinful ways. And I commit to following Jesus for the rest of my life. I declare today that Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving my soul. If you have prayed that today, please, as you're connected on the platform, let people know. Hit that button. I prayed that prayer. We want to stand with you as a church community. You've taken that decision. We're here with you. The Bible is very clear that when we pray such a prayer that we're turning away, we're repenting from sin. And then the next step is that we go public. We get baptized. And we're having baptisms in our in-person services over the next coming weeks. I would be delighted to baptize some of you there. Please let us know. So, there will be miracles here. The miracle of grace and compassion. And the miracle of healings. I pray that you will receive this word from God. In Jesus' name. Thank you.